Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord. We are so thankful that you have spoken uh, to the prophets and to um, all the people of your coming, that it was a forewarned circumstance that we might sit here today, even 2,000 years later uh, from your first advent and marvel at what you have done in that time so that we might be expectant in our time. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to focus on you during this holiday season all the more, that we might be expectant, Lord, of what you have in store and that our eternity hangs in the balance. Lord, help us to consider this gospel. In your name I pray, amen. Well, some might say that God is slow to speak, that he does not speak very clearly, that the person of Christ appears somewhat vague, that the Bible itself is an old book that lacks clarity. The message of Christmas is old to some, nothing new, no current miracles are occurring all around us. It's been 2,022 years since the life of Christ on earth. For many, this is a tradition that lacks heartfelt meaning. It certainly is warm to the heart to gather with family, to think about others and to purchase gifts for them, but it lacks the true deep meaning uh, that the coming of Christ really reflects. This year marks my 60th Christmas Eve service, 60th Christmas, 60th Christmas meal. Numerous Christmases passed, some of those I have long since forgotten. But it might be, it might be a temptation for me, and maybe it is for you, to lure ourselves into complacency, to not be expectant of God's next step, to not necessarily even be communicating his gospel to others. After all, there will be tomorrow. But our faith anticipates. It is expectant all the time. To an eternal God who holds the key to all times and epochs, 2,000 years is two days. Scripture says for a day, is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. That's eternity. My 60 years have passed, and it's like, poof, it's a breath of air. In God's light, in his time, and in his space, that is nothing. The evidence is that God is not slow to speak regarding his promises. In fact, he has never failed to deliver on a promise. Our problem is that we fail to live as if that's true. God's promises are faithful and transcend our perspective and view of time. 60 years is nothing when faced with that eternity. If you are 20 years old today, there's really no difference between 60 and 20. His time management is perfect and always brings him the most glory. God is patient and gracious 
his working of time provides us opportunity. In fact, the time he has given us to turn towards him is a patience that we absolutely do not deserve. His communication is sufficient for all to believe. In preparation for the coming Messiah, the King of glory, there was much communication to prepare the way. For the prophets had spoken for hundreds of years. The heart of man was already exposed. The sin was clear. Since the fall, there had been a broken relationship between man and God. No peace in that relationship, just enmity. A continual nature of self-centeredness, self-focus. It's all about the gifts. It's all about what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's all about me. We have a whole generation, a generation of me. Our nature is in opposition to him. From that first sin, God's focus was on restoration and peace with him. From that point, all of God's planning and all of his communication, all of it, from the prophets to the judges to the kings and the psalms, all were pointing to a solution of final peace. Exposing our sin and selfishness, pointing us to a redeemer, pointing us to a way, pointing us to the way. The warning of final judgment has been given, and the peril for those who die in sin is well known. Note this prophetic passage from Isaiah chapter 9, written 700 years before the birth of Christ. The Holy Spirit stills breathing, still speaking through the word of God, giving us these passages to reflect upon. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end, no end to the increase of his government or of his peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. Whereas justice today, whereas righteousness today, it is found in him. From then on and forevermore, another eternal perspective. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The prophet Isaiah brings this message of future promise. Eternal peace, not 60 years of peace, not a next administration of peace, but eternal peace. What a promise. What a blessing. From Genesis to Malachi, there are well over 350 references to the Messiah. There's no shortage of communication, only dullness of mind, of people busy doing what they would like to do and not focusing on what really matters. Well, angels, not only prophets, but angels are often God's vehicle of communication. In this process of preparation, the priest Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, who was barren and without child, would bear a son and an angel would give them the communication. His name would be John the Baptist. His purpose would be to prepare the way 
for this child who would be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. The one whose reign will have no end. Zacharias's prophecy speaks volumes regarding the purpose of his coming and that John the Baptist would declare the way. More Holy Spirit-filled communication. Scripture tells us that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, for he was purposed to do this work. It was in a perfect timing that he gave his message. His prophecy is of, of a deep praise and thanksgiving. His mind was alive with faith, filled with the Holy Old Testament promises, looking forward to their fulfillment. This is a monumental prophecy. As God speaks, he speaks after 400 years of silence, of prophetic silence. Zacharias was grateful to hear from the Lord. The promises given would be fulfilled. Angels communicating with Elizabeth and Mary, a star communicating the glory of God, Emmanuel, God with us. God takes the initiative to speak. We wouldn't even know what question to ask. And he does that through his communication and in his sovereign command. Using prophets and angels. Using even us to share the gospel. He does it so that we might have peace with him. He does it because he loves us despite our sin. It was the dead of night on a specific field that shepherds tended sheep. It was probably a normal shift for them. Nothing appeared to be amiss. No different than you and I sitting in this room, tending our normal business. It was the shepherd's schedule to tend sheep at night. They may have been lured into some level of complacency as they did their work, hearing promises past as you and I have, attending Christmas Eve services, attending church on a regular basis. They may be lured into some level of complacency. The sheep that they tended, likely to be sheep that were set to slaughter as a sacrifice. But not tonight, not that night. The shift would be different. It says in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying God and praising him for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. What a message. We see here in this scripture the purposes of God, his intentional communication, his message of hope and salvation, his peace which was so long for, desired, and hoped for. We see great joy in the coming of this birth. This communication was brought to the audience of shepherds watching over their sheep, common people. They weren't special. There was no grand announcement to the, to the kings of the earth during that period of time. It was brought just as God had chose to do it, the lowly things. We do not know their names. We do not know that location. Probably in the field somewhere on a hill, similar to what you see on the screen. Many, many of these sheep set to be sacrificed in ceremonial circumstances. Certainly many of those ceremonial circumstances were filled with hypocrisy and sin. A holy God proclaiming a birth announcement for the Lamb of God to shepherds. God initiated, God delivered through his angels. The birth announcement of Christ is made by angels. Angels stood before them. They were not far away, but near. It says that the glory of the Lord shone around them and brought fear. The glory of God is ominous. And if you are outside of Christ, his glory will be ominous. His full glory cannot be fully seen by man. For the sins of mankind have no fellowship with a holy God. The glory shown here is partial. Consider Moses at the burning bush who had seen God's glory and was told by God to turn aside because he would pass away if he did not. Consider Isaiah's vision of the presence of the Lord. Isaiah's thoughts were not on, the, on that day's events, no longer on that day's events, just like the shepherds, but became laser-focused on God's glory. The glory that instantly reduces all people to the recognition of their true nature. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Are you ready to see the glory of God? It can only be seen through Christ this child who lay in a manger. The flock was no longer the focus, but the glory of the Lord took the focus, and rightly 
and they were rightly terrified. The text modifies their fear by adding terribly, terribly frightened. The glory was all around them. Its presence will slice a person to its core. The future judgment will be filled with terrifying glory. It exposes sin instantly. Judgment to me, for I am ruined, says Isaiah. I am a man of unclean lips. Everyone around me is filthy, for my eyes have seen the glory. We see in this passage a message of salvation, the comfort that comes. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Remember Genesis 3.15. Remember the consequences of the fall. Remember that the seed of the woman would bring forth a solution to the problem of sin. The bright light of God's glory shown to these shepherds brings clarity of need to them. The Bible brings clarity of need to you. The songs that we sing tonight bring clarity of need to you. If they're rote memory, they will not bring clarity. They will not bring clarity because you will not see your need for a Savior. It wasn't their day-to-day existence that they were thinking about, but their life was brought into clear focus. This is what God's Word does for us. This is what Christ has done for us. This message now can be heard, conviction brought by terrifying glory to those who are not in Christ, but a great comfort to those who are. So we see first conviction, then comfort. I will bring you good news of great joy. Then the gift, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We see a solution through Christ who is the Messiah, who will help us and advocate for us and forgive us of our sin as we receive him. The whole of history points to this person, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Eternity hanging in the balance. What a great place to start worship, right here with Christ, right here at the time that we can consider his fulfilled prophecy. And we can consider the next step of of the redemptive plan. He brings peace. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. This peace is to bring peace between man and God. This isn't about um, ending war today. This is a peace that can only be known between man and God. This is the good news. There will be eternal peace. There will be no more wars. But right now, there can be peace for you between you and God through Christ. That's the good news. You, a sinner, saved by grace. While you were still sinning, Christ died for you and offers his life as a ransom, as a judgment for you. 
we see here that God's glory is always praiseworthy. From Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord in his vision, he says, holy, the, 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 um, the heavenly beings saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. The passage says, a multitude of angels, many angels, were singing, holy, 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 and praises to God. What a gracious thing. We will be in that choir if you are in Christ. You will not be in that choir if you are not. This is a large number that was bringing forward praises to God. The Savior, who is Christ the Lord, brings peace among sinners, a prince of peace, and he is a mighty God. He also brings joy, and we see in this passage, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. The message brought, the message confirmed. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary treasured these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back. What did they do when they went back? Their focus had changed, not on sheep, but on glory glorifying and praising God for what they had heard and what they had seen, just as it had been told to them. Perfect communication by a perfect and holy God. We see obedience here. The shepherds obeyed. They heard, they responded by faith, and they moved out. They wanted to find that which would be a sign for them. The glory shone and it changed them, just like it changed Isaiah, he knew that he was a man who was ruined and that he lived amongst a people of ruin, of unclean lips. They went telling others what they had seen. They believed the message, worshiping as they went back, glorifying and praising God for what he has done. If you're a Christian today sitting in this room, you can do this as well. This is what our life should be. This is what will be eternally that though we were dead in our sins and trespasses, Christ died for us and paved a way for us. What a glory that is. There's no gloom and doom in current day news. There's only glory for his eternity and for the future that we have in Christ. This passage raises some personal observations. We're here at Christmas Eve service. For some of you, it's a routine. It's a routine of Christmas to gather, and maybe you were drug here, um, as some are, with family. There's been a message brought forth by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. There has been a reflection of the glory of God that exposes the ugliness of sin contained in the hearts of all mankind. The glory of God is brought forth by His Word, His testimony, His birth, His sinless life, his death on a cross and his resurrection to defeat sin and death and to bring ultimate peace. Peace with God hangs in the balance for you. 
You must choose to serve your depravity or choose to obey the Savior. There is no second guessing. There may not be tomorrow. The roads are icy tonight. No doubt in this area, someone will die from a traffic accident or from any other circumstances. In our lifetime, many, many, many have died outside of Christ. Your time may come. Time is slipping past. Your opportunity is now. Your sin cannot be erased without a Savior. For the wages of sin is death. You're already defeated in death, and you need a Redeemer. That's the promise. For unto you this day is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So many thought they had another day. No one will say, while being condemned, there will be no time in this level of glory to say, I didn't know. I don't deserve this. I needed more time. I went to church. I was baptized. I gave to others. I'm a good person. Isaiah didn't see his goodness when he saw the glory of God. He saw God's goodness and God's glory, and he knew who he was. Moses didn't see his goodness. He saw God's glory, and it reduced him. The myth of Satan is that you are basically good and will not stand and will stand up in the light of God's glory. That is a lie. You must repent. You must consider your circumstances. You must turn towards this Savior and accept him as Lord because he is. This is the only way to peace. For those who die outside of this peace will find eternal hell. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. For there is salvation found in no other name. That means my name or anybody else's name. There will be no justification. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Consider this statement. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Can you finish the line? Or what about this one? O come, O come, Emmanuel. Got it? You've heard it. Of course you do. These are some of the most popular songs of Christmas. I'm sure you know the endings to joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let let earth receive her king. And O come, O come, Emmanuel. You probably even sang them this Christmas season. Stadiums of people who may have never graced the door of a church in their entire life can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. But what if he did come. What if the Lord came and showed himself in that moment? What a terror to consider for those who hate God. Now confronted with the judge, how many would say, we didn't know, and he would say, what about the song? You knew I had come. You knew I was king, yet you did not turn to me. As we consider the songs that we sing tonight, Let us consider our own state. Let us sing them with joyful praise, for he is worthy of praise. The angels sang with praise, and we will sing with praise 
our entire eternity. Let's start even tonight and further that praise. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you in reverence over what you have accomplished through your Son. Lord, we thank you for Christ and the gift that he is to us, that we might be in fellowship with you, that we might have newness of life, that we might look forward to a future hope in you, that we can see that we are heirs, heirs of the King. Lord, help us to worship thoroughly, to devote our lives to increasing holiness because of what you have accomplished. Lord, help us to preach your gospel and to share it with others so that there may be more peace and that your will may be done just as you have chosen it to be. We thank you for our fellowship here as a family of Christ, for our church, and for the fellowship that we have with one another through you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be robust in love for one another, be unique in the world, that our lights might shine all the brighter because of your grace and glory in our heart. In your name I pray, amen.